Hi, everybody. It's episode 460 of PodQuest. Hey. hey. It's Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Yeah, I'm here. You break something? No, he's mowing the lawn, I think, in my front yard. I got it. Oh. Homeownership, everybody. I mean, of all the things we've been able to hear come through Richie's microphone, the fact that we could not hear that, but could hear a bird like a half mile away. Yeah, that is, is that is actually kind of funny. Um, like, but you yeah, still Rich, can't hear the lawn mowing. No. no, so so like you have a um have like a bird in a tree like a block away. We can hear every chirp. I the bird but, is... like a dude a dude lawn mow like mowing your lawn right outside. We don't hear a thing. Uh, the bird is right next to the window. Be honest, it's not even <laughs> it's it's not even a block away. It's like in the window. Um, but yeah, I uh he he came to me and offered me. Um, forty bucks, forty bucks a week to mow my, forty bucks every two weeks to mow my lawn. And I yeah, was like, you have a, you have a decent sized yard with a lot of obstacles. That seems reasonable. I was like, yep, yeah, sounds good. Uh, and he did a little bit of yard work for me and charged me fifty bucks for it. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna pay you fifty dollars a week for the next couple of weeks, and then for the next five weeks, and then we'll go down to forty bucks a week. And once he's done a certain portion, it's actually gonna go down to thirty bucks a week. Oh, nice. So like, basically, once it's like just upkeep and not. Like, yeah. actually cleaning it up. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, once it's, like, once all, like, the big stuff is done and all he has to do is mow and weed whack and that's it, it's going to go from, uh, uh, fi- basically 50 to 30 every two weeks. That's not bad, then. Yeah. I think the couple times we've had somebody do ours and, like, we don't have much yard, it was, like, 20 every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you definitely have more. Yeah. I was, uh, surprised that he's mowing because I don't have grass right now. Yeah, everything's kind of dead at the moment. Yeah, it's it's. But I think he's just doing the front uh, apron. Ah, you know, keep keep it um keep it down so it doesn't get out of out of control and make it harder to do later. Yeah, I mean it's 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 his it's his thing. So whatever he wants to do, I'm only pay- I paid him already. So whatever, he, however he wants to do it. Nice. Um. Well, let's just jump into it. What's on the agenda? Uh. So Cobb, you went to Philly Fan Expo or Fan Expo Philly, whatever it is. Close enough. Drew, Drew, you played uh, the Satanic game, uh, D- D- Diablo the Fourth. Um, we all watched Gone in sixty seconds, or at least we should have. Uh, I watched a fuck ton of anime and stuff this weekend because I couldn't really do much else. And uh, Cobb, you finally caught up on uh, um, uh, My Hero Academia. I just my brain broke for a second. I was gonna say you had it in front of you and you just could not get it out. I, so, full disclosure, I'm fidgeting, and I've got, um, so basically, I, I bought a cabinet, and I have, um, an anchor screw that came with the cabinet, because you're supposed to anchor it to the wall. I'm not gonna fucking do that. Uh, so I'm playing with the anchor screw while I'm reading it, and I almost dropped the anchor screw, and that's kind of what, like, broke. So, broke what I'm break. hearing is your cabinet's gonna fall down and break. Probably, probably. I realize I noticed today that it's it's angled, but it's because it's on an angle. So like between <laughs> between my kitchen and my living room, which is where it's at, there it goes from carpet to linoleum, and where the carpet and linoleum meet, there's a like a metal thing that goes over the carpet and linoleum, and it's angled more towards the carpet than it is the lin- linoleum, so it's tipping Wait, a little bit. How did you fit a cabinet there? Uh, um. I measured. <laughs> but, like, doesn't Jensen's stuff just kind of flow into the kitchen? We, we we cleaned it out. Oh, good job, then. Yeah. Good for you. 
proud of you. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, so this past Saturday, uh, we went over to Fan Expo Philly, which is formerly Wizard World. Nice. Was it yeah. as much of a shit show as former Wizard Worlds were? You know, it isn't, actually. Like, they have issues with just the floor layout, in my opinion, but I, th- I feel like they're... They're writing a lot of the issues that Wizard World had with just general setup. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, weird thing, there was almost no security check to get in. That's that weird. is weird. Like there were there were no metal detectors at all. Um, I forget was it was it PAX Unplugged where they had like the cool fancy ones that you just walk through and you don't have to like take anything out of your pockets or whatnot. No, that was Comic Con. That was New York. That was New. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, actually, remind me when we're done, there's a New York Comic Con thing to, to mention also. Uh, but yeah, so, d- didn't even have those. Nobody, like, wanding people. The, all they had was they had a very lackluster bag check. Um, I had, like, like a backpack with me that, it, it was empty. It was basically there to, like, you know, put stuff in if we bought things. Um, I unzipped, like, two compartments and didn't even put it on the table. I just kind of had held it up. And before I could even get to the table, the girl just kind of waved me by. Mm-hmm. Um, and Erica basically had the same thing happen with, like, she had, like, a small, like, purse with her. Um, so, like, they just gave zero fucks. That, um, that's not good. Yeah, like, that, that had me a little, like, really, guys? Like, yes, like, great, but trust people, but also, this is America, don't trust people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, they, it was, it was busy, they're using, um, so if you... You guys will know this more than, than the listeners, so I apologize for that, but I'm just trying to, trying to give you both an idea of where, what they're using. Um, so when you go, the last couple of years for PAX Unplugged, um, when you go into the Broad Street entrance of the convention center, so that's the main entrance you go through, you go up the escalators to the right, and the very first room on like the far end of the con- convention center, is the room they're using where the the doors for it are actually facing Broad Street, um, which PAX usually doesn't use. PAX, you usually, if you come in that entrance, you still go down the hallway a little ways to, like, the larger room. Um, so this is a, it's not a small room, but it's a smaller room compared to what some of the other ones are. Um, and they had it, they had it packed, but also not packed. Um, the front, let's say half of the room, um, was broken up into, like, your exhibitor vendors, like, the people selling, like, Funko Pops and actual merchandise, not not as much crafts and artwork. Um, you do have some of them in there, like, any convention, but it's much more like the businesses are selling in, in that section. And then, as you get further over in the aisles, it turns into the Artist Alley, which, while better laid out than last year's, was still... It was very small, kind of cramped, and... For whatever reason, they changed the aisle orientation. So it's a longer room versus a wider room. When you first walk in, the exhibitor aisles are long ways. When you get over to Artist Alley, they then switch to horizontal. So you have to like reorient how you're going through the aisles when you get over there. And there's not really like a clear separation. It's just suddenly the, the aisles change the way they're pointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like overall, like the, none of the aisles were too narrow. Um, like, Rich, you know from New York Comic Con, like, walking on the show floor there is fucking impossible because of how narrow some of those aisles are. Like, when you get to that, like, far side of the room. Walking anywhere at New York Comic Con. I mean, you're not wrong, but 
specifically on the show floor on like the far side where it's like more just like the eight foot booths. Yeah. You basically can't walk through there because they're so narrow and there's so many people. Um, there were a lot of people here. There were a couple traffic jams just because of the way certain booths were set up with the merchandise they had, like the fucking root beer thing that they always put in the worst goddamn spot. Yeah. Um, I hate those root beer things. But like none of the traffic jams were that bad that we didn't get through fairly quickly. Um, but like there was still like a whole half of the room that just wasn't being properly used. So once you got past the exhibitors, the rest of the room was broken up into the the cosplayers that like are there selling prints, which is just like one little little section. Um, a whole tattoo artist section where like people were legit like doing tattoos and stuff there, um, which is cool. But also like I feel like that could be situated better to then just give more space for the stuff that's being sold that people are like there to like buy and see versus booths that you have to make an appointment to get a tattoo at anyway. Yeah, I feel like I mean I've never been to a tattoo convention, but I feel like if you're going to have a convention for tattoos or and have tattoos on it, you should maybe give the tattoos their own room or something like that and not just or at least a better like I don't want to say separate section of the show floor. Um because that almost makes it sound like you're like segregating it away like to like not be seen, but like just give it like a better cordoned off section so that people can go back there and like specifically like make appointments get in line be ready for it Mm -hmm. as it was like it it was one aisle literally in the middle of everything um and there were i don't know maybe a dozen tattoo artists and they were mostly like uh like a bunch of them actually their banners specified they were lucasfilm licensed tattoo artists so, like, they were legally allowed to tattoo, like, an Ewok on you. That's <laughs> um, weird. Yeah. And, like, I get it. And, like, Drew probably actually would even, like, find it, like, more useful, like, it, it, like at a tattoo convention thing. Because if there's, like, an artist that, like, you know you really like but is in California, like, that's, like, your chance to actually get, like, art by them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause, and that's even what one of the people from Wizard said that we were talking to. Like, like a lot of those guys, like, they do multiple shows around the country with them every year, like, between just working at, like, their home, home location. And, like, a lot of people will book time with them on, like, Friday for, like, Sunday to get something by somebody that they really like. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, Drew, like, your most, um, your most recent tattoo, the, the angel one. Uh huh. Was that one sitting? Yes. How long? Five or six hours, and like, how long? Like, what about your leg? Like the like the big Grim Reaper? That was like eight, eight hours or hours? Yeah, one sitting, yeah. eight hours. So like, you're talking like if you're going to one of these things and you're looking for like a specific tattoo to get done, like that's your whole day, yeah, and you have to I, hope that somebody else didn't book the time. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not like tattoo convention is one thing because like usually also it's not really that expensive to go to a tattoo convention. I don't think I've never been to it, but like for I went a, once. It's actually really cool. Uh, like the fan expos and shit like that. I'm not down for paying for a day or two and spending the entire day in a tattoo chair. Plus the cost of the tattoo. Don't forget. plus the cost of the ta- like the cost of the tattoo. I'd be paying it either way. It's the idea that I have to pay to get in somewhere than to get the tattoo. I I like tattoos. I don't have any. I want some. But I'm not going to like them that much to want to pay to pay to get one. Yeah, and, like, like some of that stuff is very specific to 
like I said before, it's like it's a tattoo artist that you know you follow their work. They're someplace in the mm-hmm. country that you cannot easily get to. And the cost of a ticket to the convention, even a weekend pass, is cheaper than the travel to wherever they normally work out of. So I get that. To Richie's point, I just looked the Philadelphia Tattoo Convention. Next year, the weekend pass is fifty dollars for the, for three days. Yeah, Whereas it used I'm, to be cheaper than that, but still fifty dollars for three days. That's not even compared compared to day. compared to Fan Expo though, which I'm I'm assuming is like maybe a hundred bucks for the weekend. It is something along those lines. Yeah, um, I think I think the Saturday pass for Erica was around fifty. Yeah, so, so a uh, single day pass for Fan Expo is fifty bucks, which means the weekend pass probably looking at about a hundred to one hundred and fifty. That's I'm not down for that. I'm not down for even if I get a three day pass, I'm not down for spending one of those three days sitting in a tattoo booth. So yeah. the the Fan Expo prices for next year, the full price weekend three day pass is a hundred dollars. One day yeah. is forty eight. Yeah, and Rich, I completely like agree like i would also not do that i do understand the 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 idea of like i said like if your options to get art by like a specific person you really admire is travel to you know florida or california or oregon or something like that and pay hundreds of dollars in airfare hotels plus the Mm -hmm. tattoo itself versus you know 100 bucks for the weekend and the cost of the tattoo like i get that like if if you are that into getting tattoos yeah, and, um, and hopefully, I know a lot of artists for the tattoo convention will start having a separate thing where they start doing booking for yeah. the convention way I think in they advance. Did th- I do think that they do that for this, too. I believe that's what one of the guys from Wizard, or from Fan Expo said. Um, and yeah, they, they have... They, um, they probably have, like, things you can schedule way in advance, and then this way they can block out their time. But they also have sort of like a a walk-up scratch tattoo where, like, you can go and be like, I want that, and it's something that they can have pre-rendered, pre-prepared, and it's like, all right, this is going to take me 20 minutes. Let's get it done. No, they absolutely did. Um, A couple of them actually had signs, so they had, like, their book of, like, like basic, like, like line work tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, But a couple of them I saw had, like, signs up and, like, the giant 20-sided dice that basically said, um, or actually, they were 100-sided dice. Um, It said roll a dice um get whatever number you roll that would be a fun experience and like they were all simple and it was like um i think it was like a hundred dollars for black and white or 150 for color or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. um and like they they had a few stipulations for it like it was only like arms and legs or something like 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 easy surfaces to do it on like where you didn't have to be in like a weird position for a long time or anything like that or like shirt off whatnot yeah. Um, so like they, they definitely did have that, and I ima- and I imagine they do the same. Like like Drew was saying, they probably like artists in Artist Alley do the same thing. Where when they have shows coming up, they post on their social media like, "I'm going to be at this show. Commissions are open for this show. If you want to pre like book something, essentially, yeah. If you want a little different something for... to pick it up or whatever, yeah, yeah. Little different for them because when they do it ahead of time, that means they can actually like. They can work on those commissions before the show and just have them ready for you. But, like, the the concept is still there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, same with the tattoo artist. Tattoo artist, you can tell them what you want, and then you can have pre-consultation, and they can design it. And then this that, way, true. when you get there, they can just set it up. It's just, to me, like, 
I like. I don't know. I just find it weird that like it's Fan Expo, so it's different. It's not Comic Con. It's not Wizard World. It's Fan Expo, and there's fans of tattoos. But like an event like this with a tattoo section is just weird to me. Yeah. No, I get yeah, it. Look, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a cool idea for the people that want to do it. I just think it could have been placed better on the yeah. show floor, and they like a lot of like the stuff past the expo area was just very under trafficked and very underutilized from what we saw. Like we didn't even really walk back there. Like we walked into the tattoo section just because it's like, what the fuck is this? But yeah. otherwise, like they had like the big booths taking up space with like the the recreation of the Jeep from Jurassic Park. That's at every fucking Yeah. Like just stupid shit like that where it's like you guys could have used the space better. I understand why you have this stuff because it just it does like draw a crowd to it. But like that crowd is also impacting people getting around that don't give a fuck about this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I think that that was literally their biggest issue is just floor layout. And I feel like that's that is my biggest complaint at almost every convention. And, like, I know it's not as easy as just making a change and having it just work. Like, there are so many concessions you have to think about and placement of things and thinking about, like, what sort of lines are going to form at certain things at, like, certain booths. Um, and like some conventions get it better than others. Some of them like fan expo definitely did a better job with the floor layout this year than they did last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, this is only the second actual fan expo one. Um, so, you know, they're improving (laughs) where I feel like wizard world was kind of on a decline for a long time. Um, to the point where like we just stopped going and now it's, you know, it's, it's back on, it's getting better again. Um, there weren't really any panels on Saturday that, like I was interested in, so we didn't really check any of those out. Um, and even like like Friday and Sunday, like nothing really jumped out. Uh, like a lot of these conventions, they did also have a ton of celebrities, um, which is not something I normally like go check out. But they had like um uh the Doc Marty and Biff from Back to the Future. They had a bunch of um, Smallville people and Arrowverse people. Um, they had fucking Rufio from Hook. Who's also the the fire dude from Avatar? Who uh, Zuko? Yeah, the 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 one with like the scar, the like like the main yeah, fire. Yeah, Zuko. Yeah, yeah. I only recently found out that his voice actor is also Rufio from Hook. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mark Hamill plays his dad. Wait, really? Yeah, the I believe Fire Lord Ozai is is Mark Hamill. If I remember. Correctly. I did not know that. I only watched ten episodes, so I don't think I ever saw his dad. Yeah, it's Mark Hamill, and in the movie, he was Cliff Curtis, but no one really cares about the movie. Like the live-action movie? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. I've heard nothing but bad things. <laughs> it was. Oh. Not not saying it was bad, it just, it was. Yeah. That's all. And the live-action adaptation is supposed to be um uh the guy who played Son from Lost. Son. Oh, okay. I think that um. was his name. Oh, no, 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 you mean Daniel Day Kim? Yeah, Daniel Day Kim, yeah. I couldn't remember his like real name. Yeah, the uh, yeah, he's I, his name wasn't Son though. The wife was Son, I believe. The wife was Son. Yeah. It's been a very long time. Um, but over like overall, definitely enjoyed Fan Expo. Um, we went um as like while we were there, like we got to see a couple people um that like we know like working at different booths and all um like a couple like artist writer friends of ours that like have like some cool stuff going on, which I can't actually talk about because it's not announced yet. But like. They've got cool shit going on, and I'm super happy for them. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then, personal, best thing ever, I fucking found a Turna Gundam, Gunpla. 
at this fucking show. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It, um, it, it took me a second because it's, I thought you said Eterna Gundam, and I'm like, what's Eterna? And it's like, no, Turna Gundam is a series. And I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, so the, the turn A was the one that has, like, the weird mustache. Right. I vaguely um, remember that. It's That is my favorite Gundam show. It is just such a weird, amazing show that looks like a Ghibli movie with giant robots. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's not, like, it is one of the few Gundam series that never got dubbed. Like, the only way to watch it is to buy the Blu-ray set. Like, it's not yeah. available on any streaming platforms. It's not digital anywhere. It is, like, one of the hardest... Like, you can find the Gundam show that was canceled. Like, it was... it. So few people watched it that it fucking got canceled before it finished. Hmm. Um, which never happens to anime. Yeah. Um, You can find that shit easier than you can find Turn A. Um, but I, I, I happened to see a booth selling, like, model kits, and I was, like, just kind of, like, you know, like, looking through them, and I fucking saw the Turn A, and I grabbed it. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, it, it's unfortunate... The only downside is it's a high grade, which is technically like the lower end of the model kits. Um, but it was only $18 because of that. So it's not like it was super expensive or anything, even though they're pretty rare. Um, and I almost couldn't get it because the booth couldn't process credit cards when I, I first got up to it because the Wi-Fi service in the convention center is shit. But yeah. as I was saying, they're kind of like looking at stuff. The guy's like, I just got a bar if you want to try real quick. So I'm like, absolutely fucking go for it. Fucking process it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh. That's that's the worst part about the freaking Philly Convention Center is having any sort of service is horrible. Yeah. Dude, um, Javits Center is not much better if you're on that expo floor. There's just so much going on up there that a lot of booths end up just having the worst time trying to process credit cards. Yeah. Um, I think... So, Erica last year... Um, she, I don't... You guys might have seen it. Her She, she wore it on Saturday, too. Um she did like this like pseudo Luffy cosplay where she bought like a red denim vest and she has like patches and pins and stuff all over it. So it looks like a, like a punk vest. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I went, I think it was the day that I went with you actually to New York last year. Um, I bought, um, a couple patches and pins that I found that were one piece there so that she could put it on the vest. And it probably took them like 20 minutes to be able to get the sale to go through because it just kept crashing. And yeah. like it said, they had signal, but every time they put it through, it would just crash because there are 30,000 people in a single room there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, overall, like, I would definitely say, like, if you're looking to, to go to Fan Expo for, like, comic stuff, it's not the place to go. There were two vendors selling comic books. But if, like, you're just looking for, like, cool, like, pop culture stuff, a lot of really cool, um, like, crafty sort of things, um, like, woodworking is huge right now. Hmm. So many booths selling, like, both, like, cool, like, laser-cut artwork, but then also, um, like, hand-burned artwork stuff. Like, all over the place. Like, it's, it's such, like, good quality stuff. Yeah. Um, it's totally worth going just for, like, that stuff alone. And, like, they have a very respectable artist alley right now. Um, they didn't have a ton of big names like they did last year, but they had a few. Like, um, Dan Slott was there, and he surprisingly had no line. Um, if I would have known that, I probably would have brought an issue or two of Spider-Man to get signed, because when he does go to New York, the line's, like, around the fucking block at his tables. Um, and then, like, Joe Quesada, who was the former editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, he was then, um, like, chief entertainment officer. Like, he was somebody very high up in Marvel Entertainment as a whole. Um, he also has, he has a prolific career as an artist, um, at both Marvel and DC. 
So, like, him being there was, like, a big deal. Um, and then, like, a bunch of other just, like, like known people. Like, not the t- sort of people that, like, draw the giant crowds, but, like, people whose names, if you follow comic books, you see, and you're like, oh, shit, I know that guy. I have, I have books that he has worked on. So, like, yeah. yeah. Overall, definitely a good time. Um, I don't know that it's worth a three-day pass at the moment, but it's definitely worth, like, a one, like going, like, one or two days. Um, and frankly, yeah, at that I- point, you might as well just buy the three-day pass, and you can go over if you want any of the days. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it seems like this would definitely just be a one-day thing. Like, buy a Saturday pass, or look at the panels, see if there's any good panels on either of the days. Buy that one-day pass and go there that one day. Like, it doesn't seem like it's something it's gonna... Or not, not that it's gonna be big enough, but it doesn't seem like it's something big enough right now to require multiple days. Yeah, and like, right now, I think it is still in that, like, sort of growing phase. Um, like I said, last year they had more big name artists. I feel like this year they had more big name celebrities. Mm-hmm. But again, like that's not like a section of the convention I ever go looking at. So yeah. I don't know what that I, I don't know what those crowds and stuff look like. Yeah. Um. The, you know what? I will say one other thing they do that I like um, that a couple other conventions do, but I feel like they're doing better is they have that like live stage on like the show floor, but it is off to the side. So it doesn't really like inter like interrupt or block anything, um, and they do regular just interview stuff on there. So like the celebrities will just come through and do like Q and As and stuff like that, and it's not like the panel rooms where you have to go down there and like wait in line to and like all that stuff. They just have a bunch of seats, and you can just kind of like go over, sit down, and like watch and listen if you just need a break or are, like super interested in the person that's up there talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's cool because it doesn't take you away from the show floor. You don't have to feel like you're missing out on anything if you do want to get up and leave because odds are like you can just run over and then come back if you want to or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, though, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good time. I enjoyed it. Um, I probably actually enjoyed um, that one day at Fan Expo more than the two days I had at New York this past year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't. I want to go back to New York this year. But I wasn't 100% thrilled with New York last year. So, I don't... You probably did see. Um, but they announced that the full cast of Critical Role is going to be there this year. Uh, I did not see. They did not announce it on Critical Role yet. So, they'll probably announce it this week if they do. It, it was announced today, like I saw it on social media. So, yeah. yeah everyone's going to be there. Um, I love the images um, underneath. Sh- like, show, like... It's it's like the, the New York Comic Con stuff. Like, it was in Critical Role posting it. But they have, like, the little tags underneath of, like, what they're known for. And, like, some of the stuff is just, like, funny. Like, every one of them says Critical Role. Um, but then you have, um, like, Liam, I think, is the voice of Gara in Naruto. Yes. Liam does so, Gara. So, like, his, his says Naruto. Um, Travis says Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, because he was, he was Armstrong, or not Armstrong, um, Mustang. Yeah, exactly. The one that I thought was the funniest, though. What do you think they had down for Laura Bailey, who has voiced fucking everything? She, who's a BAFTA-winning um, uh, 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 actress who got a BAFTA award for The Last of Us? I'm going to definitely guess it's not The Last of Us. No, Ashley Johnson got The Last of Us. Who's also won a BAFTA award for The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what else Laura Bailey's in. She doesn't really have that recognizable... I think Bulma? Wait, Dragon you Ball? really don't... You don't know, like, you don't recognize Laura Bailey's voice when you have it? 
Not as often as, like, when I hear, like, Mercer and shit like that. Like, Mercer, Travis, and Liam, I can really recognize more so than, like... And Ashley, because she has such a unique voice. But Laura, I, like, I didn't even realize that she was uh, Nadine in Uncharted. So, when... And, I mean, this is my, like, I've heard her on Critical Role. She can do different voices. She mm-hmm. tends to do two voices when it comes to voice acting roles. Kind of like a higher-pitched, um, like, younger girl voice. Or, like, a lower-pitched, pitched like, sultry voice. Like, mm-hmm. lust and full metal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, she was a voice in Dragon Ball, though. You're right. She was Kid Trunks. Right. Up until Kai. She has not been the voice of Kid Trunks in 20 years. <laughs> That is what they listed as the thing she was known huh. for. Oh my god. <laughs> totally selling her short. Absolutely selling her short. Like, I mean, you they could have put Critical Role and The Last of Us Part 2 for every single one of those cast members. Yeah. And like the every one of them had Critical Role because that's what the like like the big thing was the cast of Critical Role is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And like I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, no, like 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 Liam like Naruto, like that totally makes sense. Um, yeah. Matt had Overwatch, totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, because like those are big properties. Yeah, yeah. He he is. And, um, he's the cowboy dude. From yeah. Whose name they changed? I yes. think I'm pretty sure they changed his name. I, right? I, yeah, I can't remember his name. It it was McCree. I'm pretty sure it's different yeah. now. Um, but yeah, and like I saw hers, I'm just like fucking a thing she hasn't done in 20 years. <laughs> That's weird. Like, and it'd be different if they just hadn't been Dragon Ball and somebody else wasn't doing the voice, but somebody else is doing the voice and has been for the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like... Because it's in, because he's Kid kid Trunks in Super. Yeah. And it, I forget who does it in Super, but it's not her. But like, yeah, Last of Us would have worked, um, Persona 4, um, Full Metal Alchemist, Gears of War. Oh, right. She was, uh, you know what? I think a lot of the stuff she's been in, I have not played, which is why I don't recognize her voice. Yeah. I think I've heard her voice in enough things that I do just, I recognize it's, it's like Troy Baker. Like I, I've heard Troy Baker just enough that even when he's doing a different voice, eventually he'll say something and I'll be like, that's fucking Troy Baker. And I'll look yeah. it up and it was fucking Troy Baker. Yeah. Like she, she's the same way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole cast will be there. Um, well, so might be worth going at least one day if you wanted to try and uh, try and meet them or something. I mean, that would be that would be nice since I didn't get to meet them when they were at the first PAX Unplugged. Um, but honestly, I would only bother if they're doing a live show. Well, and that was the other thing I was going to say. They're definitely doing panels and stuff like that. I imagine they might do a live show just because it is there. I think they're there the whole weekend, so I don't know what day they normally record because I believe they're still. They're they're not doing Critical Role live still, right? No, but I don't know. They say they're not, but like they, they, some of them have been caught watching chat while they are supposed to be pre-recorded. So like sometimes it's pre-recorded and sometimes it's not. Like when when uh, Marisha was in Creator Clash, which was in Miami, um, they finished their stream just in time to be able to watch Marisha. Uh, in Creator Clash. So it's like, I mean, maybe they pre-recorded it so that, like, once it, like, where they were done right at 7. But like, I don't know how early they're pre-recording right now. But they do stay, say they are still pre-recorded. It's probably safer to say they're pre-recorded than saying that they're not, even when they aren't. Just so people can't, like, bitch that it's pre-recorded. Yeah. Because, like, that's what people would do because people suck. <laughs> um, yeah. But... 
enough about conventions. Drew, how the fuck is Diablo 4? It's Diablo. I mean, I'm only as far... Uh, I just passed the stuff you could play in the beta, so... Okay. It, it's stuff I've seen twice already. What class? I'm playing a rogue. I heard that one's fun. Yeah, you can kill shit, lots of shit, really fast. Um, wh- I forget, what did you play during the betas? I've played... You, you did two I've rounds played of everything betas, right? but Barbarian. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't realize you had, you had actually cycled through everybody. Yeah, I mean, the betas were up to level 20. Yeah. So, oh, I thought you could go past level 20. I thought there was just no content left. No, there is content, but your character only levels up past to 20. You keep oh. playing, and there was shit to do. You got no experience, so I would and, get to 20 and then be like, okay, new character. And and progress also didn't carry over, so there was no point yeah. really... Unless you did, like, the world bosses and shit like that, then, like, you got stuff for when the game released. Yeah, but... Right, because didn't you get, like, a pet or something like that? You got, like, horse armor shit. Like Everyone literally. loves horse armor. Um, have Have you gotten a mount yet? Okay. I don't, I know, so I actually, a podcast I was listening to earlier, um, they, it, they had, um, Rod Ferguson and somebody else from the dev team on talking about it. And I thought it was cool that, and I don't know if you know this, apparently once you unlock the, the mount, um, you have it on all characters. So you oh, don't have cool. to unlock it again per, like, character that you roll. I did not, so that's because I inevitably will play probably everything except maybe Barb. Barbarians are lame. I, that was at least how they worded it. Hopefully, they they weren't like misspeaking about it or anything like that. Um, but yeah, pe- like apparently, like it'll unlock across the board, so you only have to go through that once because you know. Um, yeah. and there was something else like you can skip stuff after you've done it once. So like if you if you play the whole story through with one character, you do not have to do it all again with another one. You can just streamline everything. Okay. So, like, if, uh, particularly if you're doing, like, um, like the rank ladder stuff, like, in the seasons, um, you can skip all of the, like, story structure stuff and just do the dungeons, like, streamlined. Which, like, it's also kind of cool if, like, you're, if you're playing it for years, you probably don't need to do all the cutscenes and stuff and all that shit every single time. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, unless you're you. I'm sure you want to do that stuff every time. I know how much you love scripted content. Totally. I mean, you know, I don't pay attention to the story in Diablo games, really. I mean, I don't know, man. The, I, story, the story's kind of cool in, in them usually. Yeah, I pay attention to it the one time. That's all you. I, and, I like, never I got to pay. I never got to pay attention to Diablo 2's story because whenever we played it, I just got rushed into Diablo two. Well, so well, you should have played it when everyone else did the first time, so that you knew what was happening. I did, and everyone was just like, "Skip it all," and so we skipped it all. So I have no idea what happened ever in Diablo two. <laughs> I, I mean, I can tell you. <laughs> nah, I really don't care. I could tell you in like thirty seconds. I'm into. Do it. Do it. I want to hear you hear, hear hear this. Uh, yeah. so Diablo two, you're following the 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 dark wanderer you're following is the whatever warrior from the Diablo warrior. one. Yeah, is the warrior from Diablo one took the soul stone, jammed it in his head, and is now just wandering and respawns. Is there? That's the story of Diablo two. Yeah. <laughs> and, th- and then and then you kill Diablo in Diablo two. And there's actually a quest after you kill Diablo to destroy his soul stone at the the soul stone forge in hell. But they retcon that when the DLC when the expansion came out, and you don't do that anymore, so that Diablo could always come back. That was honestly the biggest kick in the face to me. That I was like, all right, Diablo is dumb now. 
I so mean, like, like you never destroyed Diablo. No, no, you stone. did. You did. You you destroyed Diablo Soulstone. No, I swear you destroyed before uh, Lord of Destruction. There was a final quest to destroy Diablo Soulstone. Nope. I swear. Uh, I swear on my life. There is a quest to destroy Mephisto's Soulstone, which you get at the end of Act Three. It is the quest before you fight Diablo. Before Lord of Destruction, there is nothing story-wise after killing Diablo. You kill Diablo, instantly a cutscene plays, game's over. I mean, Rich, if this was any other game, I'd probably argue, like, maybe you're right. But, like, Drew has played Diablo 2 so many times, he could probably beat it with his eyes closed. If it wasn't randomly generated maps, yes. No, I don't care. You could probably still... You you could just I guess inevitably <laughs> you could just click around enough and, yeah, yeah you'll... You'll just listen you'll for when you're clicking on things. Like... Fucking, um, Rich, you, you'll have to you'll have to correct me on the name because I'll, I'll get it wrong. In Elden Ring, one of the last bosses, maybe the last boss, is called like Malakith, Malakith, something like that. Uh, yeah, Malakith, like the, the the big, big, big guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was pretty big. Yeah. Um, during GDQ, some asshole beat him blindfolded. It yeah. doesn't surprise me. Those like, fights are muscle memory and pattern recognition. If, if you if you listen to their cues, you, you know how to kill them. Or generally, those people who do the, the blindfold runs and things like that, or the blindfold kills, it's going to be, oh, I have this epic loadout that can kill them in one hit. No, like, he... he it was, like, a legitimate fight for him. Um, he did not have anything, like, super special from what I saw, because a lot of times, there were quite a few fights where he got hit once and his health was gone. And he just, he was good enough at the game that he was able to still win the fights. Um, but, like, that was just one of those, like, man, that's a big fuck you to people that, like, struggled on this, isn't it? Um, I had never seen anyone do, like, the soul stuff blindfolded, so it was just a little more, wow, that's fucking impressive. But Diablo, uh, so where did the, I forget, where did the beta end? Because I don't think I got to the end of the beta. Um, I mean, it's still in Act 1 stuff. That, I mean, that's that's fair. You find the daughter of a character whose mother was chasing after Lilith, and like you find her, find her, go through a dungeon, find the mother. Mother gets killed, right? Because the mother like became like a like a demon for Lilith or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and then I think after that, the the I I did this, and the daughter kind of ha- she's like, I need time, and she like wanders into the woods by herself yeah. and you then go find her but like the woods become like this weird like nether realm for a little while mm-hmm. and like a wolf spirit guides you through it i found out a thing about that wolf spirit which is very interesting <laughs> what uh i mean it's spoilers for story things so i don't necessarily want to say story spoilers for a game that came out 24 hours ago that's that's fair most of um, the people who really care would have been playing it since friday I mean, fair, but still. I like the story in Diablo, and I haven't gotten it. Um, according to the Diablo wiki, in this regard, the heroes were successful as the soulstones of Mephesto and a recently defeated Diablo were destroyed using the Hellforge hammer. Bale and his soulstone remained at large, however, and tracking down Marius, Bale retrieved the stone, now named Shard Destruction, to corrupt the world. 100%, there used to be a quest where you destroy thousand percent no play diablo 2 without without i fucking have walnut play it now without lord of destruction installed there is no quest after diablo trust me walnut Uh, uh, well listen let me fucking finish my sentence Uh, there might be cutscene thing where that happened 
But I'm telling you, there has never, ever, ever been a quest to destroy the Soulstone, Diablo's Soulstone in the ever. Period. End of story. I literally have a version 1.0 copy of Diablo 2. Why? Because I've had it since it fucking came out. Oh, you, oh, you mean like the disc? Uh, yes, like you, I have you a still have the physical disc. Disc copy of Diablo 2 1.0. Like not even the what? Like eventually, all the discs you could buy were 1.0. Eight or nine, like yeah, so eventually I still it got, have a it got bundled in the in like the, the chest Diablo. thing. Yeah, so they've never changed the quest in Diablo. They've only ever added on the and the way that 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 um paragraph read, it did sound like it happened at the same time, like it was part of a cutscene. Yeah, no, because so, you defeat you destroy Mephisto's, and then uh-huh. you go back and you destroy Diablos. I a hundred percent. I have you super strict super memory. Bad. Like I remember. Defeating Diablo and having to go back to the forge to destroy Diablo. But how like long they, ago was that, Rich? I, I mean, as a child. But why would I have this specific, such a specific memory of this? Dude, I ha- I've had some weirdly specific memories about things that, like, I've gone back to and been like, oh, that is absolutely not what happened. But when Lord of Destruction came out, they stopped showing the destruction of Diablo Solstice. Well, yeah, I mean, why would you kill the main villain of a thing that you're going to make a franchise out of, right? They retcon the game with the expansion. I mean, they, they retcon anime all the time. Look how many anime characters and comic book characters die and then just come back. Yeah, but that's through plot. That's not just, oh, we're just going to undo it. Uh, it's, I mean, that's basically what comic books do. Let's be realistic. True, true. But that's why I don't read comics. Well, th- that's why you should start reading comics. Timeline bullshit, alternate universes, and just death doesn't matter. Death in comic books is like points in whose line is it anyway. It's all made up. Um, but Drew, do you think you're going to, um, going to like play? Th- well, I guess you said that you, you, you intend to eventually go through and just play all the characters. I mean, probably. It depends exactly how I'm feeling, but it's the Diablo game. I'm fucking sure I will. I was going to say, like, how many hours did you put in Diablo 3 in the last 10 years? 500 plus. Yeah. So you'll definitely do it eventually. Yeah. I and- mean, uh, again, unless, like, the game falls apart later, but from all I've heard, Super does not, so... Which is awesome. Like, the little bit I played during the during the beta, like, it played super well. Like, mm. it was a little buggy just from, like, server load not being balanced yet, but, like, the game never crashed or anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did something else I th- from that podcast I listened to that I thought was funny. Um, apparently, Rod Ferguson's favorite character is the Necromancer. Um, apparently, at least during the beta, the Necromancer was a little overpowered. Oh, the first beta, it was fucking broken as fuck. Um, and apparently, like, when it had some actual issues, it was the quickest one they got fixed, because the the lead producer on the game found the bugs right away and had the team fix it. <laughs> nice. Which I just think is funny. But I guess, would you guys like to talk a little bit about Gone in 60 Seconds? Sure. Sure. All right, Rich, go ahead. All right, so um, it was my pick for a Nick Cage movie, and uh, because it was one of, honestly, shockingly few actually free on streaming services movies, um, I picked one of my more favorite movies when I was a child and one of my more favorite Nick Cage movies, Gone in 60 Seconds. And, I mean, obviously, the movie didn't really age well. Uh, It didn't age bad. It didn't age bad. There's, like, not that much, like not cool humor in that or or not cool like themes or anything in that um like i feel like the movie could get like could pass today 
but it's still like a, a few things just, I don't know, it felt a little off. Um, but I, I did not realize that was Eccleston was the main bad guy when I used to watch it when I was a kid. Um, he looks so much different than he did when he was the doctor, in my opinion. Yeah, because even that was five years later, and he had a lot more hair. Like, yeah. not like he's balding in, doc- in Doctor Who, but he had more of like a buzz cut in Doctor Who. And in that yeah. movie, he had like a full head of and, hair. And I feel like his accent was toned down. In, in Gone in 60 Seconds. Like, he still had it, but it wasn't as strong as if when he was the Doctor. Yeah. I mean, do you, out of curiosity, you know that he was also the Invisible Man in Heroes, right? Um, I, I didn't really watch Heroes. Oh, I thought you did watch Heroes. No, not the original run. Like, I didn't start until, uh, into, like, season three-ish. I, I don't remember how many seasons was, uh... It was four. It was, was it four? So, yeah, I think I was, like... I started maybe midway through season two, maybe just in the beginning of season three. I started watching it because I was still like kind of before on demand. And like at that time, me and Eric were weird and we like we each had our own shows. And so I didn't watch his. He didn't watch mine. And I had not a lot of interest initially in Heroes. I don't think he did either until it became until it came out on DVD or uh, HD DVD. Um, so yeah, I didn't watch the first couple seasons. Okay, well, that, that's fair then. Yeah, um, Eccleston, it was basically the year after Doctor Who was a reoccurring character in the first season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did it, I did not know half the people that were in this fucking movie that were in this movie. Uh, T- Timothy Oliphant? I was like, holy shit, it's Timothy Oliphant. That's awesome. This is like one of his first gigs, I think. Um, you know, it might be. I don't, I don't know how long he's actually been acting. Fucking Vinnie Jones is in it, though. Vinnie yeah. Jones? Man, Robert I love... Duvall. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> got Patton. a it's got a great cast, and like the movie itself, like I don't I don't know what people reviewed it, but honestly, the movie itself is entertaining. Enough. It's a good, in my opinion, it's a good heist movie because it's not slow. It's it's just goes, and like the first hour is building up to the heist, and then the last hour is the heist, which is and the heist itself is very fast paced, and it's, it goes pretty rapid. Um, it's just, it's, I've always enjoyed it. I've always had, like, a fondness for it. I think part of my love for this movie was the fact that my dad loved this movie, and so I loved watching it with him. Um, but it's just, like, to me, it's just such a, it's such a good, solid film. Yeah. True. what did you think? I fucking couldn't tell you a fucking thing that happened to me, honestly. (laughs) See, I liked it. I had fun with it. It is definitely a movie that exists before Fast and the Furious. If this movie had come out two years later, it would have been a very different movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause I, we looked, I looked it up while we were watching it last night and saw that this movie came out almost exactly a year before the first Fast and Furious movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like just knowing how big Fast and Furious was compared to this, like this movie would have just been different had it come out a little bit later. And, and, and I like, feel like, go ahead, Drew. Sorry, uh, I was, just, I don't think it was bad. It was just a level of like, uninteresting to me that the minute it ended i forgot basically everything about the movie other than that nicholas cage's character was like it was you know, so it, just a thing that exists <laughs> it definitely has that feel of it, like it's definitely like a popcorn movie like it's not a movie that you're necessarily supposed to walk away from like thinking about afterwards you're just supposed to be kind of entertained while it's happening yeah um like i absolutely could not tell you like fine details about it Having like, because that was the only time I've ever seen it too. But yeah, like, I mean, I I could probably I I'm, I can't say I could probably go scene for scene, but I could pr- 
probably recreate a good decent amount of it in my head but that's because i've seen it as much as many times as anytime it was on tv anytime i had a chance to watch it and it was just there because i I think it used to be like a tnt or tv a tnt show movie all the fucking time so anytime i I saw it on tnt it it was on yeah yeah i i'm pretty sure right there um i will say like it had some good comedy moments Mm -hmm. um like the anything with master p was very funny yeah um like like the the first scene where fucking Vinnie Jones blows up his fucking car um the second time where um Nick Cage's little brother fucking attaches the um the semi to the car and just rips the frame out of it yeah like that stuff was great um there's one scene during all the the car stealing stuff um where Chi McBride who was the black dude on like Nick Cage's team um him and I forget who was with him. One of the brothers' friends was with him, and like they're driving the car out of the garage, oh, and, and like Michael a mugger Pena comes came running up? up. No, that wasn't Michael Pena. Michael Pena was um when the two guys were walking the dog. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, he was in it too, and I'm just like, holy shit, that's a dude from Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the guy comes running up, shoves the gun into his face, and says, "Get uh. out of the car!" And like Chi McBride just like looks at him, just goes, "Son of a bitch!" and like. Pulls him into into the car, like like smacks his face against yeah. the car, gets out, starts kicking him, calling him lazy. He says, "You need a mentor," and then like yeah. gets in and drives away. Have, have some damn respect. Do the hard work. You need a mentor. <laughs> yeah, and and like the guy in the car was just like, "Damn." <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so I I do remember I was I was a dumb kid, uh, and I never really understood the story of Eleanor. And so my thought process is, as I was a kid forever was that that Eleanor that they stole steal at the end of the movie is the same car that he tried to steal like four times. And I it took me until this watch to realize, oh no, it was four different of that kind of car. Which yeah. then blows my mind that there's four different of that kind of car in the Long Beach area. Which that's I mean, like an expensive ass fucking like muscle car. Yeah. You figure though it's it's the early two thousands. Um it's around Hollywood. Yeah. And like because he even makes the the one comment going into that one like um high end car dealership where he's like I saw four of these million dollar cars outside of like a thing in Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. Um like that was like fancy expensive cars are just all over Southern California like that because mm-hmm. they can be. Um but we also they never tell us how like how long of a time period it is either. Like he could have tried to steal those over the course of like twenty years. Yeah, like he's he's probably it's probably safe to say he's at least forty in this, or at most forty in this movie. So well, yeah, twenty over... years ago, he's almost sixty, so he's definitely late thirties, early forties. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is safe to say that like over the course of his twenty years before he leaves, because he left six years prior. So over the course of like twenty years from him being a kid to like mid mid to late thirties. He could have tried. He could have tried to steal it. Um, we do have to talk about the most important part of this movie: the jump. Oh, that was such a like video game ass video game thing. That jump, I never realized. Like I thought going into it, I knew I knew about the jump, and even when he was about to do the jump, I was like, "Oh yeah, he goes to the other side of the bridge." That's right. No, he fucking jumps over like half a mile of fucking traffic in this car. <laughs> I'm. Had had I not seen nine Fast and Furious movies since then, I would think that was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched Vin Diesel 
jump a car from from one building to the other four fucking times. So like we're good. We're we're good just doing well, like I a mean, fucking evil Knievel. It wasn't it was it Tyrese and Ludacris are in space in a car like yeah they they take a fucking used car to fucking low orbit yeah um and like like that there's that that one scene where fucking Vin Diesel like jumps jumps a car off a bridge jumps off of that car that is going off the bridge catches Michelle Rodriguez and fucking yeah. just like lands on another car and then gets up and like chases somebody doesn't the rock like pick up a uh, a, a torpedo, turn it around, and send it back at the the. He he catches a torpedo. <laughs> yeah, like he stops a torpedo and turns it around, or some shit like that. Yeah, and and fires it back at the yeah. guy that fired it yeah, at yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He he also in fast. So that's fast eight. In fast seven, he fucking flexes out of a cast after having his arms broken. He has not been in the cast long enough for his arm for the bones to have healed. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely yeah. no way. He just what? flexes. He, he literally he, he's he getting heals. dressed in the fucking hospital, flexes out of the fucking cast, and and tells his daughter that daddy has to go to work. He heals from the power of family. Okay, and and then he picks up a fucking um mini gun, Gatling, that came yeah, off mini of, gun. That I think that came off of like a drone or some shit, or he's shooting it at a drone. It came off of a helicopter. That he no, actually, with. it might have been off of a drone. And it, it I was, think they he fired it at a helicopter. Yeah, it was it was one one of those combinations. But yeah, so that jump, I I remember it being a lot less epic as a kid because I didn't realize like how far he jumped. Like I said, I thought my brain was just like, oh yeah, he jumps to the other side of the of the bridge and he just makes it down there and it's fine. Um, but that just I the whole the all of the car sequences in that movie were just really good. The car chases, like you said. It, it, it's it's a popcorn movie. It was an it was I don't know when it was released. Probably a summer action flick or June, a summer, yeah, it was June. Yeah, so it was just it was a summer movie to get people in seats because um, a lot of people are going to go to the movies during the summer, especially at that time because they weren't as expensive and there was air conditioning. Um, yeah. yeah I, so did you did you guys know this was a remake? Nope. Uh, yes, but I well, I've never it's seen a the loose original remake. Yeah. Yeah, there is a movie Gone in sixty seconds that was made in nineteen seventy four. I think it's black and white, right? I honestly don't know. Um, I I couldn't tell you any of the actors in it. I've never heard of any of the people. But yeah, it's a remake. Um, there was something else about this I was gonna say. Fuck, what was it? Oh, um, the scene where um they're getting ready to steal a car and it has the club on it. Oh yeah, and I just... thought that was hilarious because it had the fucking club, and I haven't seen one of them in twenty years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the fact that he just takes the, the, he's like, oh yeah, here, you just take the wheel off and you put a new wheel well, on there and boom, you're fine. Well, did you, did you hear the line he, he gave when he did that? Uh, I can't remember. So I only remember this because I repeated it to Erica because I actually thought it was very funny and kind of clever. Um, he, he, he takes off the steering wheel, hands it to Angelina Jolie and said, I learned how to do this in car thief retirement. <laughs> um, and then I remembered at the beginning of the movie, he's working at a fucking go-kart place. They take the fucking steering wheels off of those. Yeah. I'm like, that's actually a really good, like, subtle callback to yeah. what he was doing when the movie started. Yeah. The one thing I could have done without was that they didn't have to focus so much on the two people in the house having sex. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of weird. Like, it yeah. didn't add anything like, at all. Like, the whole story between the two, but I think she, she she was Swift, right? Or was she Sphinx? 
can't remember, but the story between Memphis and Angelina Sphinx Jolie. Sphinx was, um, um, uh, uh, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones. So she was Swift, right? I think that was her name. I think so. So, like, they're, the whole story between them, that's fine. Them being, like, Sway. Her name Sway, was Sway. Yeah. Them being all, like, you know, uh, flirty and whatnot. Like, that wasn't the uncomfortable part, but it was just all of, focusing on these two random people in their house having sex, and I'm just like, this, I don't need this part. I don't need this focus. You could could have kept the camera behind the, the, the actors facing into the house or in front of the actors as they're watching and talking about it. That would have been fine. I did not need the actual scene of them. That was just weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't disagree with you on that one. Um, But, uh, like... I, I had fun, I did have fun with the movie. Like, yeah. it was goofy and it was over the top and it's not something I ever have to go watch again, but mm-hmm. it was fun. But it, it, it's just, like you said, it has like good one line. Like, when, uh, when they're getting ready for the heist and it's like, oh, where's the gloves? We need gloves. It's like, man, it's the future. And he just gives him fake fingerprints. And oh, I think yeah. It, that, that I was think they were, I think it was like, I think he was supposed to be like Lincoln's fingerprints or some shit like that. I can't remember did, the. He, he he did say something like, "Now you're blah blah blah." Uh, I yeah. feel like he said like, uh, "Hello, President Lincoln," or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I it, can't it was remember. Like, like he he was obviously like a dead famous person. Um, and then what, oh, just the look that everyone gave when they're listening to uh, uh, Low Rider getting ready to do the heist. Oh yeah, like all of the original crew is all into it and. Like, all of, like, the brothers' crew is just like, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with these people? I yeah. also forgot that was the movie where, that like, that Nicolas Cage scene is from, where, like, he's all, like, eyes closed, like, focused, and then, like, yeah. does the hand thing and, like, snaps it out of it. Yeah. Because, um, like, like, that is, like, one of those, like, iconic Nick Cage, like, just scenes you see, and yet yeah, did not realize that's where it was from. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that really stood out about it? Vinny like, Jones's lines at the very end. Oh yeah, he, the the silent Bob moment. moment. Yeah, and at and Nick Nick Cage's response of like, I thought you were from Long Beach. Yeah, um, I also like that he was a fucking like mortician morgue worker for like his like straight and narrow job. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that there there was some other fun stuff in there. Um, a lot of like the interactions with like the younger crew that was just bad at everything. Mm-hmm. Like the, like the one dude stealing the car just because he thought it was a good idea and it was full of fucking heroin. <laughs> I love. Yeah, that the that that scene was that was that was that was ridiculous. I love the scene where you were talking about where the brother hooks up the the the, the villains' cars to the to the semi. They go into the diner because the cop car is there, which means yeah. which I assumed meant the cop car. The cops were in the diner, but and they Nick weren't. Cage they weren't. I don't know where the cops were, but Nick Cage is just sitting there yelling like, yeah, you couldn't, basically saying you can't come in here and shoot me up and do anything because they're there. When like, the fucking cops are there. When you no, say that, why they, aren't the cops turning around saying, oh, somebody's trying to shoot you up? So he never said shoot. He just said you can't do anything to me. Um, but the cops were in there because when the car gets pulled away, they stand yeah. up from a booth and go outside. But, like, why did the cops not turn around and be like, oh, who are you mocking? What's going on? They're LAPD? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that's the only reason I can give you. Um, dude, that, that cop in the car chase was not a great actor either. Which one? Um, the, the, like, the first one that was really chasing him that, um, gets hit by, like, the bus. 
I yeah, I I don't really he, remember. He just the, so he he makes the turn and then the bus t-bones him and he has the very scripted reaction of look scared and throw his hands up. <laughs> um but yeah, I it was fun. It was a good time. Timothy Elephant when they're on the the pier running up to the guy who has just been sent through a wall and he's like, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Take it easy. You just went through a wall." And I I oh, don't yeah. know why. I just it makes me laugh so much like you're fine. You went through a wall. Stop. Yeah, it, he does. He says something like, "Are you okay?" and the guy says, "Yes." And he goes, "Are you sure you just went through a wall?" Yeah. Yeah. I like Tim Timothy Olympian. He he is fun in most things. Yeah, he's great. He's so great. And if you ever get a chance, this is going to plug uh uh Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Um, if you ever get a chance to listen to any of those where Timothy's on there, because Conan O'Brien and Timothy Elephant are actual real-life friends, they're just ragging on each other the entire time, and it's some of the best, like, hours of comedy I've ever listened to. Well, that's fun. Um, anything else you want to say about Gone in 60 Seconds, though? No, it, it lived up to what I remember it being. Drew? No. Alright, well, in that case, Drew, what is your pick for next time? The first one I could find that was on streaming that wasn't a rental, Face Off. Oh, what is Face Off on? Paramount also, I think. Okay, that's fine. I forgot to cancel it, and it fucking renewed anyway, so I have it for a month. Same. (laughs) It's funny, like, I had a calendar reminder. I apparently set the calendar... I I usually set the calendar reminders for the day before. I apparently messed up and set it for the day of. Oops. And it charged me first thing in the fucking morning. Damn. Um, and it was one of those, like, Google gave me the, or not Google, because I, I did it through Amazon this time, gave me the option of, like, I could have requested, like, a partial refund. Um, but I'm like, oh, fucking whatever. Like, you're probably going to yeah. need it over the next month. Like, I, like, I kind of looked at it, I'm like, I did kind of want to try and watch some of the, the Mission Impossibles. I'm yeah. like, and if I get bored enough, I might try and watch the Halo show. Yeah. I mean, look, this, like, is where, this is where they get you. This is where streaming s- services get you. You get one auto bill pay, and guess what? I still have Peacock. So I already canceled Paramount Plus. So <laughs> it will end at the like the first week of July or something like that. I, I have. So. To, I still have to want, uh, cancel Peacock because I haven't touched it since I've uh, since we've used it. Yeah. No. I I canceled that right away. But that's awesome. Face Off, fantastic fucking movie. I have never seen it. Oh, that you're in for a fucking Same. treat, my friend. Mm-hmm. Man, fucking, this is peak Travolta Cage. Yeah. Like. I mean, I feel like, though, I Cobb, I feel like you have to pick Con Air next. Like, I, I want to, f- so the problem is, I, I was loosely scrolling through stuff, um, and, like, I kind of want to go in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, we are doing a lot of early Cage, so, like, doing a later Cage or, like, a non-action-y Cage would, would be nice. Well, that's the thing, like, I kind of either want to go, like, early, like, comedy-esque Cage, because he did some, like, comedy stuff in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, Mm -hmm. Um, or some of the, like, slightly more recent stuff, maybe, like, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, I mean... I've never seen it. I I would... That is one that I would check and see, like, what the general consensus is on first, because I don't know if that was in the period where his movies were real bad or not. I it it was like around the beginning of so it might oh. not like it might not be good but it also might not be bad yeah like kind of had thing. I not had I not just watched Pig last year we would a thousand percent be watching Pig um because that movie was amazing yeah 
Um, but like but, he has so many I mean, like like Wicker I, Man, I, fucking Mandy. I got a proposal. Why not just call it the Cage Club for a couple of more weeks and just keep going through Cage movies? I mean, we could. I am not directly opposed to that. Just watch more and more Nick Cage movies over the next uh, couple of months until we at least get through all of the ones that are available on streaming services. And then maybe pick one or two rental movies throughout that. Or we each pick a rental movie throughout the course of watching all of the Cage movies. Yeah, like, I, I'm not opposed to that. Like, his movies are, they're not all, like, I, I said it in the, in the group chat earlier. His movies are not always good, but they are always at least entertaining yeah. for one reason or another. Like, yeah. even the Ghost Rider sequel, like, specifically the sequel, that movie is fucking terrible. He is still very entertaining in it. Yeah. Uh, I would not subject any of us to that shit. Same thing with, like, Knowing and Next. Like, while he can be entertaining in those, those movies are just fucking bad, and I don't ever want to watch them again. <laughs> yeah. no, knowing is... is Knowing's interesting. Like, the the, the the ending of Knowing is really where it gets me, where I'm just like, alright, I feel like that paid off. It's interesting and it intrigues me. But, like, Next is, like like I said, Next is a movie that's lived in my brain ever since I've seen it. And that's but not a good thing about that. It's fucking he, time travel, so... And he did have, like, a stretch in the 90s where he was in a lot of... I get, like... I don't know if they're necessarily, like, highly rated movies, but they're just, they're movies that people really fucking like. Like, yeah. uh, like The Rock, Face Off, um, Con Air, Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, like, I, I really want to watch The Rock now that we've been talking about it so much, but it, I'm also at the same time, like, but if they want to, if they want to watch it, then, like, that means I'm going to have to watch it again, which I'm not against watching it again, but it means I'd have to rent it again. So I'm like, all right, I'll wait until we're done, Nick Cage, just in case. But, like, The Rock is such a good movie. Oh, I wonder if Vampire's Kiss is on anything. I have fucking look. never even heard of that one. <laughs> it's, a it's a 1988 black comedy horror film. Um, I guarantee you you have heard the name before, because Alex 100% talked about it on the Beast cast. Okay. I'm sure I've heard the name. Yeah. Like, I, I remember him talking about it, and I think even, like, talking a little bit about the plot of the movie. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that is one of those movies that I, that I meant before, where, like, he had, like, like this bit in, like, the, the mid to late 80s into the early 90s, where he did some, like, more comedy things. Um, like, Raising Arizona, um, uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. Just, just some, sh some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, where were we? That was that. Face off. Sorry, I in two weeks. Face off. Right. Face off in two weeks. Uh, Rich, you watched yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I had to cancel my, uh, subathon and everything. So I ended up just resting all weekend and, and watching a bunch of stuff that I've been meaning to watch or wanting to check out. Uh, we'll start with the D&D movie because I don't have much more to add to it than what Cobb already said. It is an absolutely fun movie. Uh, it's not the best movie. It's not the worst movie. It's got a great cast. It's got a good, like, story like it was it was fun and entertaining um and worth the watch the one thing that Cobb did not mention because he did not check it was something that the movie uh, uh kind of sneaks in on that every dm does is the first map was a wiener map and i was so excited to see that now it obviously it doesn't look exactly like a shaft and balls but it's supposed to represent a wiener map i swear like, they did that on purpose. It probably is. I did not catch that. Like, I didn't even recognize it when you shared the picture. Yeah. 
It's 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 very early in the movie. Like it's literally like one of the first couple of things you see. Um, it's while that he's explaining his situation to the tribunal. Um, but yeah, it, everything else is great. I love all like the the D and D humor, all the D and D throwbacks. Um, the I was a little let down with because everyone was talking about the gelatinous cube, and I kind of felt a little let down with that. Uh, the fact that, like, it just kind of sat there. It didn't move. It didn't actually try to fight or anything. It just was... It didn't, to me, feel like it was a gelatinous cube. It felt, to me, like it was a trap and not the actual enemy, if that makes I mean, sense. It, it behaved like a gelatinous cube. Like, it, they jumped into it and they were stuck in it. Yeah, but it... And they dissolved. But a gelatinous cube can move. And gelatinous cube can do more than just stay there. And so, to me, like, it... it like, I... It felt more like a trap and less like an actual gelatinous cube monster. Is is really all, like my only critique for that thing. I was excited to see a fucking displacer beast because those things don't really get a lot of love. I have um, no idea what that is. It was the panther thing that they were fighting inside the uh, the the okay. um the what's it called the the, the gauntlet. Um, the mimic, of course, is great. Uh, yeah, I and I really yeah. loved that the whole final battle sequence that they did too. Like it felt a little like. MCUE at that point, but like it all, like not in a bad way, just in it's, a sort of, it, it was very like by the books as far as that goes. Yeah, but that's also like that, what happens there is what, like the, the one thing that like players like should try to pull from this movie is like, this is how the combat should feel even though all you're doing is rolling a die and you're hitting, this is when it's like, all right, explain what you're doing. Because, like, they, they did feel like they were all going in turns and, like, getting their chance, and she was reacting and everything else, and, like, it, it all felt like, all right, this is how D&D combat actually is, and it's not just, oh, I swing my axe and I hit. And to me, I was just like, this is really cool. And I like how they did this final fight. You're right, it did feel very Avengers-y, but it also gave me a sense of, like, everyone was getting their turn. Yeah, and, like, again, not, like, it was not a bad thing. Like, it worked yeah. for what it was doing, but it just felt very by the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the, there were only so many ways you could have done that fight. Um, yeah. At least, like, the effects in that part were actually pretty good compared to, like I said, you know, there were certain parts of that movie where the effects were not good. Like, the fucking, the, the tabaxis did not look good. Any, you know, it was, it's not even just the tabaxis. Any of the... Uh, uh, with the exception of the Dragonborn, any of the non-human, or any of the costume, I guess, or the furry races, kind of just looked bad. The Tabaxis, the Arakokra, like... Like, the Arakokra reminded me of the, the birds from the ninja season of Power Rangers. Oh, the, um, the Tengu Warriors. Yeah. I was actually gonna say the Skeksis from Dark Crystal. Actually, yeah, you know what, that too. I, yeah. Yeah, like, they just, it wasn't, they didn't, I, I, I thought the costumes were cool, but I feel like with a Hollywood production, those were, those were fairy costumes. They could have done a lot better. Yeah, like, the, like, especially when you look at some of the effects they used for, like, the druid, like, they, the druid didn't always look awesome. Like, you could sometimes look at it and be like, that is absolutely CG, but, like, it looked better it, it than looked, it, it looked good enough have. yeah it looked good enough to work i like yeah I, the smaller I totally... creatures more than the bigger ones too like yeah. the owlbear looked a little faker than anything else but also it's a fucking fake creature so yeah, it's, of course... it's an it's it's an owlbear it's a 
a giant owl the size of a bear that walks on all fours. Like, and frankly, at the at the, like as far as the owl bear goes, that was the Hulk scene I was talking about at, in that end fight. Yeah, where she turns into the owl bear and fucking does like the Hulk smash to the to the villain. Yeah, that was great. Like, oh, I loved that. I love that part. Yeah, like it did get a chuckle out of me, but like yeah. you know, it it's been done before. But yeah. like, yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it too, and it didn't like you know miss yeah. the mark for somebody who's like actually into that stuff. Yeah. Um, the next thing I watched was um Trigun uh, Stampede. I made it through season one. Um, Cobb, have you watched any of it? Have you? I know not, you were gonna try not even to a little bit yet. Yeah. So it's really good. Uh, the animation, like, I, it took me, uh, like, the first episode to get through, like, the character animation, but after that, it was just like, alright, this really all feels good and, and works. Um, the, the show itself is a different take on the story of Trigon. It's, I'm, in a sense, more modernized, uh, and, and it, it actually goes into explaining more of the world and Vash and Knives, uh, more than the original series, this is only 12 episodes, I believe, for the first season, and I understand the entire series more now than I did after watching the entire series of the first series. It, um, is it like the season, or is it just the first core? It's it's the season. Um, it's the first, it, or, or like it's, it's half, it's the first half of the original series. So... Remember when uh, I'm gonna? It would be spoilers if I told you that kind of. Okay, I I just looked it up. So yeah, they they announced at the end of the twelfth episode that a final phase is in production. Yeah. So so they they split like a full season into two cores. Yeah. Um. And so like I I like I I like what they did with this. I like the changes that they made to the story. I like the changes that they made to uh like I was a little hesitant about the changes they made to like knives and legato and 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 all of those people um but overall this show itself i i had a lot of fun watching i thought it was really good um i i like i like that it's that she's not a insurance adjuster now and that she's like a reporter um yeah i i just i enjoyed it there's it's just not really a lot i can say about it without like spoiling too much um especially since like i know essentially how it's possibly gonna wrap up because we all do because we've seen it and it kind of follows those same beats just in a different methodology um so for instance uh you know later on in the series in the original series when they had the um what is their names uh it was the one giant dude with the weird forehead and he could like throw his fist Oh yeah, 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 and and Vash beat him by like shooting the fist Sh- off. Shooting course. the fist, yeah. Um, they had those characters were in like episode two, whereas in the original series they were like later on in the season. They were like midway through the the series. Yeah, like it was before it took like the serious turn, but yeah, well, it was like- just as it was taking that serious turn because it was when it was when Wolfwood, because I believe Wolfwood was was in that portion. It was when Wolfwood was trying to explain to him, like, look, you're going to have to kill. Like, eventually you're going to have to kill. And it was part of teaching Vash, like, to stop some things, you're going to have to kill someone. And even though he didn't kill, and it was like Vash still trying to show Wolfwood, like, no, you don't have to kill everyone. Um, so these two show up in, in, like, the second episode. And then, like, there's a whole thing with them for, like, an episode or two. And it's just, it's really cool, like, the, the slight changes that they did and, like, 
just learning more about Vash, because, like, even in the original series, they don't really explain much about them. And now, like, I finally understand, like, why Vash is different and why he's essentially immortal and hasn't aged. Because and he's I, a plant. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, Because I, I don't recall them really explaining that very well in the original series. I don't know that it necessarily was, yeah. but it's one of those things that, at the time that I watched Trigun, like, I was super into that stuff, so I just kind of read up yeah. on it. Yeah. And, like, I just watched the series, and I don't remember them explaining, like, oh, yeah, he's he can conversate with these reactors because he is basically one of them. Um, I, th- and I think it was also, like, did you watch it in the English dub or the sub? It was the English dub. So it might have just been a thing that they didn't necessarily, like, dub well for the original either, because that is a an early dub when they still weren't very good at it. Yeah. I mean, it was also, like, the the original series, they only had, like, one episode of backstory, and that was the one episode about Ren. And yeah, where, when ship. he goes up to the thing in the sky. Yeah, and and that that's about it. Like, they don't really go in this one. Like, they actually, they even explain, like, what the plants are in this, and talk about them and how they get their power, and that, like, it, it's it's just, it's really, it's a really good change, and works very well. And if I feel like if you're a fan of the original series, you're going to enjoy this series because it just expands on like what we already know. It changes things up, but it changes things up for the better. Well, that's good. I do want to get around to it. Like when we had talked about it before, like I want to get around to watching the original again first. Yeah, because it has been so so long. Um, but like the the last couple of months, we've just had so much going on. Like we just caught up. Like like I'll talk about it in a little bit. We just caught up on my hero. Yeah, like, that that show finished like four months ago. And as far as I know, uh, because I don't think it's, at least it's not on Hulu, uh, the sub, uh, it's only subtitled still for Trigun. There's no dub um, for it yet. I'm, it has been dubbed. I don't know if the whole thing's out, but, um, yeah. it's Unless Crunchyroll. It's like, yeah, it's probably just on Crunchyroll. Because uh, I just found out that, because uh, I'm about to get into where I'm like an episode or two into Demon Slayer Season 2, Season 3 is only on Crunchyroll, it's not on Hulu. So I'm gonna have to get Crunchyroll to watch the rest of Demon Slayer. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, it looks that like will... every episode is dubbed on Crunchyroll. Okay, and I think Johnny Young Bosch still does Vash in this in yep. Stampede. He may be the only one that is the original voice actor. That's fine. The original it, English voice actor. That's fine. He's he's he might be the only one who's still voice acting. Uh, that's that is that is fair. Um. But yeah, the the last thing I watched was um, I finally took the time to get back into Demon Slayer, and I watched the Mugen Train arc. I didn't watch the movie because um, I I did I did I reached out on Twitter. I was like, are the dubs worth it or is it subbed? I watched the first season dubbed, and I thought it was fine. Um, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on the first season. Like I think, don't get me wrong. Like I think the series is good, but just there's something about it that like. I, I don't know, disinterests me a little bit. I think your feelings on Demon Slayer are my feelings on Attack on Titan. Maybe. Um, but like, where, but like, the, the one difference is like, maybe, and, and yeah, the one difference would be, I'm, I like it enough to keep going. Um, uh, whereas like, you, 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 you're just losing interest in, in Attack on Titan entirely. I've also lost in, interest on Attack on Titan entirely because the last season is longer than the original series itself. Um, but that's a complaint I've made a million times already. 
Look, well, they're like, only on part. Th- they're only on Attack on Titan, the final season, part three, set one. It's fine. Exactly. Um, but I don't know what it is. I've I've like tried to come to terms with it. Like, there's just a few things about the show that I'm like not totally sold on, and some of it is like the meta humor that they have. Like when uh, Rengoku is talking to um, what's his name, uh, uh, Tanjiro. And he's like, he gets, like, the scene, scene gets all big and he's talking all triumphant. And Tanjiro's just like, how did you get so big? And like, that happens twice. I'm just like, I don't, that's, I, I, I didn't find that funny. I didn't find that silly. And then there's just occasional bits of he- attempted humor in my, in, in my opinion, where like the lines around the characters get thick, dark lines around them. And, like, the humor itself is not funny, and so then the art takes me out of it entirely. And I'm just like, this is not good. When the show gets serious, it gets serious, and I like that. But I feel like the show attempts too much with some of its humor aspect. And, like, it pulls me away. And that's where I'm just like, alright, well, this is kind of... This this is pushing me away from... Like, not pushing me away from wanting to keep watching it, but just pushing me away in general of the show. Um, and that, and then just friggin', uh, uh, fucking blonde-haired kid, I just can't stand him. He just, every time he speaks a word, I just hate him so much. Which, I mean, like, I get that. He does not bother me all that much. Um, I will say that the, the Mugen Train arc was bad compared to the movie. Similar to Dragon Ball. Like, the Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F, significantly better movies than they were arcs. Like, there just wasn't enough going on to stretch it to six episodes. Yeah, and I I really, I feel like if I had watched the movie, it would have, I it would have clicked more for me. Because it would have been more consistent, and it would have actually ended faster. Because I had to deal with, uh, like, commercial break shit, and, and credits, and this and that. Like, it would have been... I would have gotten through it, like, let's say maybe 10 minutes faster, but it would have been just straight through. Whereas I'm watching it on Hulu and there's, the, the, they, they have the cold opens, um, and then they, like, there are some instances where they, they don't end the series until after the, the episode till after the credits with right. an additional scene afterwards, which then, like, I have to sit there and watch the credits. Um, and th- that happens in the next part, half of the season too. There, like, I, I might have missed a thing here or there. Because credits roll, and I'm like, all right, next episode. But, like, I sat there and watched one, and it's like, oh, this is an actual important situation here during the credits that I should be watching, and I've just skipped the post-credits for the last two episodes. Yep. Yeah, you would have 100% been better off with the movie. I don't think, I don't know that the movie's on Hulu, though. Uh, I mean, well, the problem is I would have had to pay for it anywhere, probably. No, Um, it, it streams on Crunchyroll. It doesn't, it's like, for, well, I would have had, I don't have Crunchyroll, so. That, that's what I mean. Like, you, where you watched it, I think that was the only option you had. Yeah. But, um, Crunchyroll's pretty good with, in a lot of cases, about getting the movies. Um, they're not always immediately when the, when it, like, releases. Like, it usually has that, like, well, we'd rather you buy this first thing. Mm-hmm. But looking at it, so the Mugen Train arc was seven episodes. So there's at least like it's like an hour of extra stuff that doesn't because the movie's only is just under two hours. Yeah, it's one hour fifty six minutes. Yeah. Um. So like there's like an hour of additional shit in the the arc that just doesn't and, make it better. 
<laughs> and at least half of that is opening and closing credits and cold opens of the last scene of the last episode. Yeah. Um, I will say the next arc, the um, entertainment district, I thought was really good. Yeah, um, I'm, the hi- I'm, I think I'm halfway through the entertainment district at the moment. Oh, okay, uh, so you actually like, already started. Tanjiro is in the middle of fighting the demon right now. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, this is better. Like, they didn't, they didn't stick to that humor as strongly. Like, the first episode is 43 minutes long, and like, it, it sets everything up, and it's a good setup. They and keep then, doing that. I just, the, the long first episodes, um, the next season, the first episode is also like double length. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, it just, it works. It definitely does work. And like, it is better. And I think it's a lot because like, they, they have cut down a little bit on the humor. And, and fucking, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Zenitsu. Um, Zenitsu isn't, hasn't been as annoying in it. Uh, also, he's, uh, missing at this point. So I'm happy. I, I, yeah, I will say him and Inosuke have some cool moments in the arc. Yeah. That I, from what I remember, at least. Um, the, the Hashira I, is also really cool. Mm-hmm. I like this Hashira. Hashira. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, like, and that dude is a fucking just tank. And I think that was, that was also a little bit of my issue with, um, the Mugen Train arc was they tried to help, they try to push you to have, like, an investment in Rengoku. And I don't, maybe because I already knew that he was dying going into it. Spoiler alert. Um, everyone's seen it at this point. Maybe I already knew that he was dying going into it, that it, like, it kind of kept me at arm's length of really caring about him. Like, I thought he was a very cool character for sure. But I was just like, all right, well, when's he going to die? When's he going to die? And it's like, the arc itself saves his entire battle for just the last episode. For an yeah. enemy that has not even seen the light of day throughout the entire series or season. And that, and, to me, is just, like, awkward. Yeah, and so I so going into it, when we watched it, we actually saw the movie in theaters um, whenever it came to theaters. And I want to say it was, like, summer 2021. They had, like, the limited release. Um, may have been last summer. I forget, but um, I did not know what was going to happen at the time, and like I did get a little attached to him, and was re- even in the two-hour movie, like he was just—he was an interesting character. Yeah, he's—he was one of the first characters you meet that is like legitimately powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't a bad guy or Nezuko. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like he was super likable, and then you know his ultimate fate happens. Um, the sound Hashira, uh, I feel like he is. He is actually even, at least the way it's it seems in this, like he's even more powerful than Rengoku was, um, or at least like has more going on. Um, but like he's just fucking crazy with this, sh- because I think you're probably at the point already if 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 like the fights are already starting where like um uh what's his fate Tanjiro even realized that like he was just legitimately in the way because the Sound Hashiro was like protecting uh, him and fighting at the same time. The Sound Hashiro hasn't showed up yet. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just, it's literally the fight between Tanjiro and the enemy first. Tanjiro left his house to go meet up with Inosuke and encountered her at some point. Um, the strap on, um, on his sister's, uh, uh, box broke. So he's like, I have to put you down. I can't hold you while fighting. And so he goes to fight. And I don't think the sound Hashira has shown up in the fight yet. It's probably going to be in the okay, next so, episode. So you are actually very early in it still. You're not halfway in. Well, yeah, I mean, it's probably, like, two or three episodes. Okay, but yeah, like, that, it was a good arc, I liked it, 
Um, I th- I I do think it was significantly better than the Mugen Train arc. Um, and probably honestly, like it was probably better than the first season too, because the first season did drag a little bit in places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far the the newest season, um, Swordsmith Village. We only watched the first episode, but there's some cool shit that was set up in that first episode. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to stick with it, but it's it's probably going to be a seasonal show for me. So I'll probably wait until this season's over to watch it. It's not... And you might it, have to with Hulu. Like, I don't know... The, is Hulu, Hulu getting no, season three as it airs? It's exclusively Crunchyroll. Uh, from what oh. I've read. Yeah, because normally Hulu gets the, 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 um, the sub as it airs. It's no, from what I read... Hulu is not getting. Hulu is dumb and has season one, and then the the Mugen Train arc is its own thing, and then the Entertainment District arc is its own thing. Like they're no, not that's... all connected to each season. Like as like season one, and then you hit the drop down box, go to season two, drop down box, season three, or it's not like drop down box for each arc. It's straight up a different series essentially on Hulu. That is actual. That is how. Crunchyroll has it set up too. That's so cr- Crunchyroll, when you do the drop down, season one, 26 episodes. Season two, Demon Slayer, the movie Mugen Train, one episode. Season two, Demon Slayer, the Mugen Train arc, seven episodes. Yeah. Season two, Demon Slayer, Entertainment District, 11 episodes. Yeah. And then currently season three, finally, Demon Slayer, Swordsmith Village arc, and they're, they have nine episodes out so far. Yeah. And there was also a movie, I believe. But that like movie. I don't between, know that there has been a second movie yet. There, I think the Mugen Train might have been the only one. No, I'm pretty sure there was. I remember hearing something about there being, but it's the same thing as Mugen Train. But like, it's like a little bit of the last season, a little bit of the first season, or something, or the next season, or something like that. I don't 100 percent remember. It it do, it actually does look like the Mugen Train might be the only one they've done so okay. far. They might have been planning to do it, but didn't. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe I it mean, was rumored they were going to do it because I, they did it for the Mugen Train arc. I'm just gonna say, if you're gonna release your movie in an as a full-on arc, just don't release the movie or don't release the arc. Like, don't do both because that's kind of a waste of people's time. You know what though? Um, that de- the first Demon Slayer movie, um, broke like every anime movie record like in the world. Yeah. Um. So, and it is one of the most popular series right now. It is. So th- they're a hundred percent milking it for what it's worth. Yeah, I yeah. It's just, I don't disagree like, with with that. Like I, I'd, I'd rather have the movie than the season when it's something like that. Like yeah. that arc worked better as a movie. I just I don't I don't I don't know. Weird. I just don't understand why it's so big. Why this show is so big. I don't know. I like it a lot. I could say like legitimately. I can say the same thing about Attack on Titan. Like I don't hate it. I do not understand why it's as popular as it is. I I have watched forty and episodes and do not understand honestly, any of the hype. I think a lot of it could be product of its time. Like when when Attack on Titan came out, it was a much different sort of anime than any other anime that had ever been released. A lot more brutal, gory, things like that. Um, a lot more serious. Um, and I think this anime came out uh, or hit Netflix during the pandemic, and a lot of people who had a lot of time on their hands, like, well, what is this Demon Slayer I'm hearing people talk about? And a lot of people watched it and discovered, oh, anime is not just for children. This is really good. Let's keep watching. Yeah, it looks um, like and- season one aired from April to September 2019. 
So yeah, it would have been prime like finding yeah. it on streaming platforms during the pandemic. Yeah, and I the I, whole thing would have been out. I totally feel like there's a lot of people who did not, and and I'm not saying this as a bad thing, but I do feel like there's a lot of people who weren't anime fans who became anime fans with Demon Slayer being their first anime, and so it's like, all right, well, this is great, and this is why people are like getting super excited for it because a lot of the people that I do know that do enjoy anime and are big anime fans who have seen Demon Slayer, they're like, I understand not really digging the first season. And everyone I've talked to who has said that have watched the subsequent seasons afterwards and have enjoyed it more and more each time. And I'm like... Yeah, I I do think this, like, the show gets better as it goes. Like, early Demon Slayer, like, I thought the, the animation is really good and the world is interesting. But it isn't until, like, the later half of the first season where, like, stuff actually starts happening. And I'm like, yeah. okay, no, there's, like, there's some cool stuff going on. There's some cool some cool action. Um, like, the, the forest fight in the first yeah. season with, like, the spider people and all. Like, all that stuff was super cool. Um, most of the fights in, in the um, entertainment district, I think, were actually really cool also. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. that's... I think that's 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 all watched. I think. All right. Well, to wrap up, quick um, anime corner. Um, I finally got around to finishing my hero season six. Finally. Yeah. Like, so you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I think the problem is, um, my TV does not have a Crunchyroll app. So Crunchyroll is on the Roku. It is the only thing we really use the Roku for. So when I turn on the TV and hit the home button and see all the streaming apps, I do not see Crunchyroll. I do not think, oh, I wonder if there's anything to watch on Crunchyroll. You don't you don't watch My Hero on Hulu? No. I never have. I've always I've never I watch it. it dubbed and the dub does not hit Hulu right away. I uh, there there was a while that it was simul dubbed and then it was a 2 week delay after that for each season. This season was the first time where it was a 2 week delay. For the dub, which I think is already what Crunchyroll has, is a two-week delay for the dub. It did, but at one point when I was checking, um, Hulu did not have the dub while, um, at the time, Funimation had an episode dubbed already. Um, but yeah, I don't... So to be fair, like, I don't really use Hulu. Like, I just don't like it. <laughs> I use I use Hulu... Honestly, I'm starting to use Hulu more often than I use uh, Netflix. Netflix is really only to go to bed with at this point. On, so I actually... Erica uses Netflix and Hulu. I almost don't use either of them ever. I don't use a lot of the streaming platforms, period. Um, when we're watching stuff, um, a lot of what we watch is like HBO and Amazon for the most part. Um, there's a handful of things on Netflix throughout like a year that we watch, maybe. But like Netflix is more of the we have nothing else to watch. Let's see what stupid comedy or cooking show is on there that we haven't watched already. Mm-hmm. It's never like the sh- it's never like the I'm going to pay attention to this yeah. thing. Yeah. And who Hulu I just unless we are completely out of things to watch and we're just looking for something to watch, I don't even open the Hulu app up because historically for me at least, their original content is not interesting and I don't really rewatch sitcoms on purpose. Like like you do it like as like background noise and stuff a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um I don't so, like, I have zero reason to watch 90% of what Hulu has on it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Right now, because the Goldbergs is over, 
Um, oh, right. I mean, everything's off right now. So really, the only thing that I'm consistently watching when it comes back eventually would be Bob's Burgers. And maybe if it gets picked up, uh, Animal Control. But, like, I do watch a few of the things that do come out weekly. Um, but, like, yeah, it's... I, I There's a lot of anime on Hulu. Honestly, I feel like Hulu has a much better selection of anime in general than, well, than Netflix, at least. So. Well, yeah, you have Crunchyroll, which I don't. So, it's for me, it's just like, all right, Hulu it is. Yeah, and, like, that 100% makes sense. Um, like, if it has what you want to watch... Why wouldn't you watch it? Then? Um, I watch enough, like, not lately, just, again, because I just always fucking forget to even open Crunchyroll. Um, but, like, Crunchyroll was super useful because it had everything. And they started doing, once they, like, started merging with Funimation, they also started getting the dubs for most stuff. So I can just be subscribed to that and watch basically whatever I want. I think the only two things that, like, we kept up with, kept up with, were Spy Family chainsaw man and i've been keeping up with um god witch from mercury the gundam show that's running right now but yeah we finished season six so the last thing i had watched before was we got up to the end of the war so like everyone in the hospital basically Mm -hmm. but like the episode that ended with everybody is now in the hospital and like we're kind of seeing the aftermath and we we know like some people had died we knew like a bunch of people were just like beat up really bad yeah um so the first episode we started watching on Sunday, I guess it was. Yeah, I think we watched the entire second half of the season on Sunday. So oh like, my god, that was such an <laughs> emotional Sunday for you. Um, so like the first, the first like two episodes back were like the Todoroki stuff. Um, before going into Vigilante Deku. Yeah, and to be fair, like I know all this already. I I I've read it. Like I am up to date on the manga for it. Um, but and I th- I feel like I've said this before. Um, while I like the manga, um. It is really hard to fucking follow. Um, at least over the last like year or so, it's the release schedule is all over the place. It used to be weekly. It's still sometimes weekly. Sometimes it's just gone for a month. Sometimes it has two two chapters like back to back weeks, and then two weeks off, and then a chapter, and then a month off. Like it's just it's hard to even remember where you left off when it's only like twelve pages. Mm-hmm. But like the creator is like. That, that series is so big and it is in the final arc that I feel like the creator is just being pulled in a million directions. So, like, yeah. I get it. Like, he is responsible. Like, while he has assistance to help with, like, the artwork and all, he is still essentially responsible for everything. Um, I also don't, I don't like the art in the manga. Um, it's good art. It is not good for portraying a story. Mm-hmm. It is very fucking hard to tell what's going on. It's so chaotic. Yeah. So seeing some of this stuff actually animated was just really cool, and the animation during the the vigilante arc was really good. It was like seeing Deku take out muscular in one hit was just super fucking cool. After their last fight, like like most of the early fights, Deku nearly fucking killed himself trying to like win. Yeah. And now he just he th- this dude is stronger than he was before, and he takes him out in one punch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, at the end of the fucking season, you get to see Star and Stripe, and she's fucking awesome. Yeah, such a great friggin' scene. Like, like great scene to end the season on. It's amazing. Yeah, like, I, that bit, I just love the fact that there's, like, the Council of Countries. Like, it's not even the UN, I don't think. It's just, like, that shadow council of, like, all the countries talking to each other. Like, oh, well, should we go help Japan? Like, this guy's a problem. It's like, yeah, but 
if we if if our heroes leave our country, then like our countries aren't going to be defended. And they show yeah. like all like the heroes you've seen in like movies and stuff, like the um the Egyptian paper dude who's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. They're like, well, well, our heroes want to help. Like, they want to, they want to go help Japan and All Might. And like, America's just like, our hero left already. Um, yeah, we couldn't stop her, so <laughs> it's like we're at this point asking for forgiveness. Yeah, like she took a whole squadron of fighter jets and is just on her way to Japan. Yeah. Um, like, no, no, none of us could have stopped her. It's fine. Yeah. There were so many scenes in that season, especially it was the episode where it was 1A versus Deku. And then it was the episode where it was 1A convincing the refugees to allow Deku to sleep and stay there. Like, both of those episodes were just basically tear fests for me. Cause, like, I, they, they were very emotional, yeah. just like, because you even had, like, you had the characters that never really, like... Not never, but very rarely had moments like mm-hmm. um, Saro, um, the monkey tail karate kid, um, even Mineta, like yeah. basically like catching Deku and trying to like convince him like what's going on. And then that like final like of Todoroki, like the scene where like you only see Todoroki and Bakugo and you're like, oh, OK, that makes sense. Like they're the two that are probably closest to Deku because they're. They're essentially the big three for that class. Yeah. Um, are like working to like catch up to him. And then like when it finally like breaks apart, like they're actually just there to help push Ida forward. Yeah. Like that, that was a good moment. Yeah. It's just, it was, I didn't know. Like even remembering it now, I'm just like, oh my God, why, why am I, why am I getting a little choked up because of the, remembering these scenes in a fucking anime about teenagers? Like, they're, because they were, were a fucking child. Yes. But they were just, they're such good scenes. And they're so high emotional. And then the next episode is basically, um, uh, 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 Uraka Ochaka. just, uh, Ochaka just saying like, Hey, he's our friend and he, he needs help. And bought and like, like pouring her art out and like seeing Deku's mom the way she is and, and how sad. And it's just like, Oh my God, another sad fucking episode that like i am i am leaning towards probably doing my rewatch soon because i mean i have now six seasons to go through um i might even just start skipping episode sets here or there um (laughs) i i mean it's a lot and so like maybe skipping the the uh like some of the more even though that none of them are really filler but some of the more fillery episodes like the first episode of every season where it's just a reintroduction and um like the 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 extra courses for um Bakugo and and them and and like there's a couple of others that I'm just like all right I probably don't need to watch these again like I'm probably going to skip a few but I'm like all right it's getting to the time that I might want to watch these so that like I have that rewatch done in the English dub before the next season comes out because I'm assuming the next season should be maybe December. I don't know if they've even announced it yet. It might be they like a year from now because they yeah they normally take like a year off after the end of the season. So, Ever since um COVID, they've been doing like a full year for a while. There, it was like end in the spring, start back up in the fall. Yeah. Um. So like I but like there's so much that I kind of want to spread it out instead of sitting there and watching. So I'm like I'm leaning on doing my rewatch, and I know when I get to that stuff in the English dub. 
I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be blubbering full again. I'm just gonna be like, oh my god, this is just holy shit. These scenes and like everything that Deku goes through, it's just like it's so strange to say that it's like super powerful. It's wild. Yeah, like the, I did really enjoy like that whole back half of the season. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was any other. Oh, All Might. All Might was fucking heartbreaking through that part. Like, uh-huh. um, especially like when Deku is being kind of like a little dick near like the end of it. Um, when like he's just in his own head too much. I think even Bakugo is the one that like calls it out. Like, yeah, you can't let him do that. Like, he he gets too in his own head and thinks what he's doing is actually the right thing. He needs somebody there to like pull him back to make him realize that like he can't like hold the whole burden. Yeah. But like all might like falling into like the rain like apologizing to him and stuff like that that was and deku just like taking off being like i'm as strong as you were like it's fine like i'm good on my own Mm -hmm. like that was just that was very sad it was such a good series such a good series like i don't understand why there's so many people out there that like hate on the series that call it it, like childish or call it like not childish but like i i guess it's because it's the new naruto Oh, that's the thing. It, it's the big shonen. It's super popular. Um, it does not have the same artistic styling as like a Demon Slayer, which you know, like that 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 show gets cre- extra credit for just the style that it has. Um, but yeah, like it follows teenagers, and it's it's not by the books, but it is very shonen of you know. There's a, there there's humor, and then there's a big fight, and then there's some humor, and then there's a big fight, and then. There's some downtime where things get a little serious, but then it's, here's some more jokes, and here's some more fights. Like, the end of this season, even. Um, once Deku was back at the school, um, he was, like, sitting there, like, like anxious because of how he left things with All Might. And rather than it being kind of, like, like a more somber scene, the, the camera pans over, and, like, it's just All Might, like, pressed up against the window in like, kind of, like, a, a an oddly funny scene. Yeah. But... Yeah, p- people are going to shit on anything. Like, it's just, it's just what happens. But it's a fun show. I hope that the... Ne- so, I did the math. Um, Depending on when this actually starts, like, when the next Season 7 starts, and where the manga is at, it could potentially be the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this re- so, the recent season, the amount of the manga that it covered is about what will be done... If the show came back in the fall. Um, so if if for some reason the manga wraps up, say, September, October, um, we would have just enough left for a final season unless they like really stretched it out. If the manga isn't done yet or like it doesn't it doesn't appear like it's going to be done anytime soon, um, I could see them stretching out the next season a bit more and kind of just taking it slower, probably adding a little more filler to it. Um, hopefully it's more like, hopefully it's decent filler where like, they're just adding more layers to what's going on rather than like what Bleach or Naruto did where it's like, oh yeah, war's happening. Let's tell this story from six years ago when Naruto was 12 and had to go fucking fight a robot version of himself. Yeah. Um, which I have a feeling like it, my hero will probably do it all right. Like I can't see them breaking it like that, especially because it is a seasonal show and they can plan that shit out ahead of time. Um, but like up to date with the manga, like it's very scattered and all over the place. And I'm hoping that when they do animate it, they can regroup some, some things and just make it flow a little bit better. Cause right now, 
And for the last, like, two years, there's been, like, six different fights happening simultaneously. And it's, like, every other chapter, they switch between it. And like I said before, there have been so many, like, delays and skipped weeks. It's hard to remember what the fuck is happening and who's fighting who. Yeah. Um. So, has that big reveal that everyone was super upset about happened yet? Which or big the, reveal? Th- that was, like, everyone was worried was going to be spoiler. And that, like... There's a major, I, I don't know what it is. I haven't, but it was like a few months back, maybe late last year, maybe mid last year. There was something that happened in the manga that was like, oh my God. And it was, it blew up the internet. And I kind of had to stay off like Twitter and social media for like a week. Um, um I do remember what you're talking about. That is not th- like, that would be in this next season, most likely. Okay. That's what I think. Um, yeah. So I want to say that. There's about 50 chapters. Um, so, like, the Star and Stripe scene happened in, like, 2021 in the manga. Okay. So, we've got, like, two years or so since then um, of not quite weekly. <laughs> yeah. So, like, by the time by the time it airs, I think there's going to be, like, 60 chapters from where last se- this season ended to potentially where this season would start if this starts in the fall like the last season did. Yeah. If it takes a full year off even longer or even more. Um but yeah, the, I remember what you're talking about. Um I I'm curious to see how they do that too. It could be cool, it could not be cool. We will we will see. Um but either way, I've enjoyed my hero. I I am glad we finally sat down and watched it. Yeah, I'm so. glad you guys finally got to it. It's it was a amazing season. Probably the best season so. Far. Yeah, it it was definitely up there. Um but I think that'll probably do it for this week. Yeah. Let's Drew, did you watch any anime? Nope. You gonna start watching anime? Probably not. What if you did though? I mean, <laughs> I, let's anime let's, is fine. Like, let's see. Is there some of it? Be- some of it's better than others. Uh, yes, like most things. Not all of it is good. See, what you need to start watching is like Live Alive or um or that show about the idols, where it's just like a bunch of teenagers trying to become like idols in Japan. <laughs> I feel like it's music. It's right up your alley. I mean, we've we've gone through this every time we've done this to Drew and been like, well, here's this wrestling anime, here's that wrestling anime. He's not going to watch it because we've given him ideas and he hasn't gone to it. Oh, I know. But, like, those were, like, legitimate ideas. This was a complete joke. I just told him to watch a show about, like, fucking 13-year-old girls that want to be idols. Well, there's there's that board game one that I told you about, Cobb. Oh, I think Erica watched a little bit of that. She said yeah. it was kind of boring. Well, yeah, it's a slice of life anime. Um, look, there's some good slice. Of, look, that hockey anime was really bad, but also really good. Let's see. What's it called? It's like Board Game Club or something like that. Yeah, it was like After School Born Board Game Club. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, After School Dice Club. Drew, watch that. After School Dice Club. You like board games. Let me see. It's Is on Hulu. Somewhere I can watch Tiger Mask W. Um, Tiger Bunny's on Hulu. That one's Superheroes. What the fuck is Tiger Mask W? It's a professional wrestling anime. It's on Crunchyroll. That had, like, actual uh, New Japan wrestlers in it. Oh, wow. It was actually kind of long, too. It's at least 36 episodes. 38 episodes, I'm sorry. But yeah, it the, the first season is on Crunchyroll. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, that would be a subscription I don't have. Trials, my friend. Fair. You know, there, there is... If you have a Gmail account, depending on how many letters are in your Gmail account, you could have as many fucking trials as you needed. To be honest, though, if you're going to use it that many times, just pay. I mean, free. Free. I think Crunchyroll is actually one of the cheaper ones, though, too. So, there's that. 
Um, it is not like $16 the way Netflix. But that's going to do it for this week. Uh, as we decided earlier, our next book club um, in two weeks is going to be, I forgot already, Face, face off. off. We're going to be watching Face Off. I was looking at the wrong list. I need to look at the list on the right. Two weeks, <laughs> we're watching Face Off. Um, but other than that, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.onequest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. Now, if you can't support us there with your dollars, you can help us out by going to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps. You can find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us emails to social at one-quest.com. And then, Rich, what does your stream schedule look like? All right, listen, everyone. Uh, I will be streaming. Well, you're not going to get this because it's not going to come out until Wednesday. I'll be finishing up Star Ocean tomorrow. See, if we had just waited till tomorrow to record, I would have had that to talk about. Um, and to be fair, this show won't go up until Thursday. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I'll be finishing Star Ocean on Wednesday, the seventh. Uh, um, I had to postpone my subathon from last week. There was an incident with the pup, and so I wasn't really comfortable playing uh, games at the moment. So I had to postpone it into this week. So on the what is the ninth? I believe the tenth. The tenth. On, on the tenth is going to be my subathon starting around ten o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Uh, it'll have a three-hour start. Um, every sub is a half hour. There's going to be stretch goals for follows, subs, things like that. There's going to be a whole, like, bits menu, things like that. Potential, like, playing D&D on live stream if we reach X amount of subs or X amount of this, X amount of that. Come check it out. Come hang out. Um, we're going to be doing some Super Smash Bros. and some Mario Kart tournaments. Um, I'd appreciate you all being there. Twitch.tv slash B underscore Walnuts. Other than that, um, until my hand fully recovers, probably a lot of Stardew and chill games. Cool. Uh, and with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Bye.